Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And welcome, Internet, to this special edition of Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. Oh my God, oh my God, again, is this a special episode we have in store for you right now. As you can hear by that music, this is a very special episode of Fan Bros Show. I'm a little scared, actually. And we welcome Dr. P, therapist, psychologist, to the episode. She uses her mental powers and gets into everyone's head. Telepathy is in full effect on this episode. Probably our most revealing episode ever. Without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah, no, the telepathy is right. She she's got uh she definitely could read 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 minds. We're definitely gonna have to call her the Psylocke of right. the spaceship. Wow, yes. Yes. There we God, go. Gotta agree with you. So, you know, we're not gonna waste any more time. We're gonna get right into this episode right after this break. Enjoy. Let us know what you think. It's fan bro show. Internets, this is Premium Pete, and you are listening to the fan bro show. I fuck with them. I mean, listen, I love to hear about all the geek stuff, all the comic books, the movies, the, the, the gobstoppers, everything, okay? I really fuck with it. And if you don't fuck with it, then there's something wrong with you. Internet, the Fan Bro Show. Chip. And welcome back, fan bros. I hope you've been enjoying this episode. It's about to turn into a situation in here on the spaceship. You using that word? I really am. Not really. I really can't stand it or the fabulous song, but that is neither neither here nor there. Because tonight on the spaceship, we are welcoming Dr. Maya Pettyford, psychologist, who most of you probably know from the now critically acclaimed episode <laughs> of the combat chat show the therapy episode where she broke down some problems and miscommunication amongst the crew so tonight we're gonna have a very very special episode we need like that very special music right. like the cosby show when they <laughs> when they find a joint in his pocket it's gonna be the life story i thought it was episode. in his textbook wasn't it yeah, in, in his textbook, textbook. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 so that type of episode is what we're having so everyone welcome dr maya petty forward to that spaceship tonight Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. It's great to have you. I consider myself to be a geek. Well, I don't use that word. I say blurred because I am black and I'm a nerd. Right, right, right. We just say fan bros. Fan bros. Yes. So you are a fan bro. I'm a fan bro, but I don't know if I'm really into popular culture in the way that you guys are. I'm kind of like old school. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't matter. Time yeah. frame. If okay. you had, you know, you had a mentality. Once you had a mentality, it's, it's a lifelong fixed. thing. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. It never goes away. Well, thank you for having me. You're welcome. Can someone please tell me why I have been asked to come here? Because we got issues on this show. And, you know, like, pretty much, like, Ben, I mean, hates Chico. And uh, <laughs> we're just trying That's to get right. to the root of the matter. Like, where does all this vitriol come from? Like, I don't, I mean, what did he do? So, but no, really, I, I mean, that's not really what it is. We all love each other. That's great. But we're trying to figure out a way to better know each other and kind of move Fambrose in a more positive direction. And give us, help us get to um, a higher plane of existence, if you will. 
Okay. If that makes any sense. It's so vague. <laughs> <laughs> and I like that you throw the shit out and yeah. then you step back and let everyone else try to figure it out. That's that's what I do. Okay. And it works. So let's just get right to the heart of the matter. What's going on between you both, meaning Benjamin and Chico? Because whether you said that you were kidding, but there has to be a grain of truth in that. So let me ask you two, because you won't even look at me, or you, and you won't look at Chico, but I mean, <laughs> so you have serious thoughts. Now, my only um, request of you is that when you say the things that are on your mind and in your heart, that you say them in a way that's thoughtful and mm. respectful, mm. so that you can walk out of here and not want to get into a brawl, because I, I will not participate in, in facilitating that. Or breaking it up? I will break it up. Oh, okay. I, I've worked on inpatient units where I have pulled six foot three, 300 pound guys away from a fight. Mm. I fully believe it. <laughs> so <laughs> you're a little scared of me too. I like that. Okay, okay, okay. I wouldn't doubt it for a second. <laughs> Go ahead. So tell us. Um, I don't think that we have animosity per se. No, no I, not I, don't, at all. I wouldn't no. see that's though. I don't think it's animosity either. And yeah. I'm, I'm not supposed to interrupt him, probably, right? Like, that's you're anxious. <laughs> that's the first, uh, you're anxious. Well, I think it's so, it's a weird thing. Like, they're, they're bringing in a uh, a psychologist to talk to us. I mean, this is like, are we going to end up getting uh, you know, brought in and uh, you know, for one of those 24 hour observations uh, as a result of this? No, the hope is that. <laughs> Honestly, that the, your group will be more cohesive. <laughs> and the only way in which you can get to that next plane, that next ship, that next level, is if you are strong together. And all the unspoken stuff, it just feeds into all the fissures, and eventually you will break apart. So I think it's, it's critical, it's crucial to, to really take this opportunity, meaning me being here paying my babysitter $15 an hour. Right not getting paid right because <laughs> my fee per 45 minutes is 225 dollars get it straight right so no really and 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 i i have a vested interest in that i consider myself a blurred i've met you benjamin you seem like you're good people yep J uh, chico and i have known each other from the neighborhood yeah. and we went to college together right. so really Tatiana, you seem very lovely. You're beautiful. Thank you. Why not? And your producer is amazing. That's right. Thank you. So here we go. Speak from I statements. First person. Okay. I, I have a problem with fan bros is run on imagination, not imagination, uh, enthusiasm. Mm -hmm. And the enthusiasm runs out a lot. <laughs> does it for each of are you speaking for yourself or for, for me personally yes it does yeah for me personally yes and to what do you attribute the quick exhaustion or the view falling flat the results of not um comparing myself to others really yeah and what has that got to do with chico well when I'm not feeling well or when I am feeling well about something, Chico's first response is usually towards the negative. Okay. So, like, if we propose, if I propose a plan, Chico's first response is usually that's not going to work. There's there's definitely truth in that. And that, that <laughs> I, I would say that the differences are definitely not personal and that they are stylistic. 
I think a lot of guys will walk into a room and the first thing they're going to look for is the person that they're going to find the most attractive. When I walk into a room, I'm looking for the person who's like most likely to beat me up or like do damage to me. The point is, I originally, my original, like I'm always thinking, like the, my first thought is 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 usually negative and as opposed to positive. And Ben Amin's first thought is usually positive as opposed to negative. That that I've I've found. I mean, we've been doing this almost two years. I took a six month hiatus. But we've been doing this two years, um, okay. week in, and week in, week out. I, I would say that contributes to perhaps the enthusiasm thing. I mean, it's like twice a week, every every week, you know, whether if you're not feeling it, if you're not feeling well, um, if it's cold out, if you've got plans that you, you know, you're trying to juggle, you know, it becomes obviously we're doing this out of love. Um, but it can, it can be a grind the way anything like that is any, 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 any partnership or, you know. Okay. Well, two things are standing out or three. The first is a bit of advice, which is if this is something that you, to which you've committed yourselves, then you need to leave that shit outside the door. This is not just a hobby. It's, it's a love. Right. And you treat your love with consistency and with respect. So the weather, uh, having a bad day, the train getting stuck, not having any money in your bank account, all that needs to be left outside. And I say that to you respectfully. Right? Well, oh, oh, yeah, no. And, no. and and I think that we do do that uh, to, to cons- a certain degree. Right, but... But you're allowing the outside stuff to get to you and you're not talking about the stuff that actually happens in the room. So when you walk into the room with this great idea, Benjamin Chico automatically cuts you down because that's your individual personality style. And then you, because you have your own insecurities about being as good as or good enough, personalize it, internalize it, and then just fall flat. I wouldn't say fall flat, but it, it derails it de- the train. It deflates. 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 Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Definitely. So are you hearing the feedback that you're getting, Chico? And you know that this is your stuff, which is you walk in, you're on the defensive is what you're saying. You're looking for the guy who's going to attack you, who's going to make you feel badly or right. inadequate in some way. That also need be left outside the door because this is a family and and that's true and and there's a certain level of on when we're on the mic and when we're off the mic Mm -hmm. because i think most of this stuff happens off the mic and then when we're on we can actually get into a big argument right before or after a show or right before a show and then do a show and every and and none of that has been brought in so I, I actually, I mean, I, you could you could disagree or agree, but I'm gonna I, I disagree think it's, with you. It's, it's I haven't more... even heard the podcast, but I'm going to disagree with you because it takes away from the soul of of the show. It's on an unconscious level. I'm sure people can pick it up in your intonation, in pause, in your uh, lack of, lack of spontaneity. Just think how on point you are having dissension right before a show, imagine what it would be like if there were more harmony. Although one of the criticisms that we've gotten is that we don't argue enough on the show, which I've never, you know. Then why don't you keep it real? 
I mean, why are you leaving right. that stuff outside, bringing it here, and hash it out? It's all about resolution. People think that confrontations and arguments are negative. They are not. They don't have to be. And when it's with people with whom you have a certain level of trust, it can be freeing. So I would like to stop talking. <laughs> <laughs> My ears are getting warm. Tell me what feedback, what thoughts do you have thus far? Am I making any sense? Yeah, you are. But I also agree with Chico in the sense that we, well, no, I feel you though. Know, I think that if we were more harmonious before a show, because I also say that I think if we, you know, there's a lot of things that I feel that we could do to help do the shows that we don't do. So if we were doing them. Like, then, what do you mean? Yeah, what do you mean? Well, I mean, I'm like, you not, <laughs> like, I don't want to be just like, you know, yo, Chico, yo, Chico, you know, but like, we always have these things about, you know, not writing down questions, right. not writing down. A lack of preparation? Yes. Mm-hmm. We, me and Tatiana are very big on preparation, and right. Chico is more about being spontaneous. Right. Which and that works helps some mostly, but mostly, yeah. It, it, to your point, it works, but at times when it's like you really have to know this topic and be able to elaborate on it, if you really have done any preparation, then it it, it, lo- it sounds bad. Like it sounds like you're reaching when you really okay. don't know. So can you talk about that? Yeah, yeah. but I, I would argue I, I I challenge either of you to name an episode where I sounded like I didn't know what I was talking about. Because if I don't know what I'm talking about, or if I don't know a subject, the Tana Hasi episode. No, that was definitely, you edited out what yes. you're referring to, yeah. and that was definitely me, my attempt at talking about um, representation, were, and then and then you giving me the the wrap it up, wrap it up, wrap it up. Because and, you've been going for three minutes, and then at the end of it, you yourself said, I don't know if that makes sense. Right. All right. But that... that <laughs> Are you feeling defensive? I'm, I'm actually not, because we've, we've discussed this specific thing. But how about the feedback in general, that sometimes you lack preparation? But see, I, I yeah, I, I, I would respond that... All right, let, let, let's just... Put that one example aside. Can you guys name another example, like of not offhand, but right? You but tend like of one hundred fifty of one hundred fifty podcasts during interviews, whatever. especially we, during interviews, you we tend may to have wander. identified the wrong word. Maybe not preparation, but so much of, of he cohesion. Wanders. Right. Okay. So that's my my response to that. Is my issue is a podcast is a discussion, and I feel you guys write questions down. You ask a question, and then the uh, the person gives an answer. And then you don't follow up responding to what they just said. In the DeRay McKinnis, uh, McKesson, McKesson yeah. uh, who I think is one of the three or four best interviews that we've had, the questions that I asked were all follow-ups to his to 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 answers that he had given. Mm-hmm. And I would point out anyone who listens to that, the only time he was like, "Oh, good question," was one of my <laughs> one of my. Uh, what <laughs> we deal with well but i'm just saying i'm defending myself <laughs> well, to see, an attack but that see, of my style okay. which is following it's up not an with attack. The, thank with you the, it's uh, not an attack it's not an attack okay. and def- this is exactly what they're talking about you don't need to defend yourself this is not park slope middle of the night <laughs> right well, <laughs> <laughs> i mean well people don't know you know that you're of color or, right th- do you see my point you, you don't <laughs> need to be on the defensive, I need to ask you a question. Sure. Can you tell me, or is this appropriate? You can say you don't want to talk about it. what happened. Why did you take six months off? Because I feel like uh, my my mother died very early in the in the actual run of the show, and I kept coming back like because I needed something sort of normal. 
But there was all kinds of just all the issues with, you know, lawyers and her estate. She didn't have a will like it was and the grief and all of that other stuff. So I actually she died at the end of May. And then I I, I left for six months at at the end of October or at the five months because I left at the end of October and then came back in like March or April of the next year. So it it was that I mean, I and and I, I, I will be the first to recognize that I was in my opinion, a lot less easy to deal with then than I am now, although there was an obvious excuse. And I think everybody was, you know, pretty great because they didn't know me as well then mm-hmm. as now. Um, Did you and that, and that's true from I think that I, I, I have I have definitely I said it when I came back. I definitely said that. And, and I do think that like that's no lie that people were. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, did re- you say specifically that Tatiana Benhamin and the producer whose name Kimson? Um, no, <laughs> I no, said no. I said did the you? other. I I I mean I don't know if I specifically said Tatiana and Benhamin. Yeah. I think if we go back and listen to that year end show that I did thank the uh, <laughs> you know everybody else, and that's obviously in you guys. No, well I think if they're truly your family, they need to be recognized as such individually. Right. And I need to ask you, do you think that your mother's passing, and I'm really sorry to hear that. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. It's, that yeah, it, that it still impacts. Oh, yeah. How so? Oh, I mean, I, I definitely, I think about it. I'm living in our house, which is the house I grew up in. So there's definitely all, I mean, there's memories in, of every, and associations of everything. Um, how is it affecting your mood and your ability to interact interpersonally? Um, I don't think it uh, it is as much, but it definitely did. You know, this it, happened almost two years ago. So two years is not a long time. No, it, it's not. And I, I mean, it's definitely something that comes up every, you know, in my own head, probably every hour. But it definitely was coming up every minute before, okay. you know, before. And so there's a huge difference. Can you answer the question? Uh, how is it affecting mm-hmm. um, your relationship with Tatiana and Benjamin? Um, I don't think that it is, although I think there is a bizarre, there's an association because that was the big thing that was going on in my life at the time that it all happened. So there's an unfortunate association between my mom, my mom's death, the podcast and actually Game of Thrones because I was, I was watching Game of Thrones right before I found her. Okay. Uh, She had had a stroke. I'm sorry. So is it possible that you have some mixed feelings about the show and and it's becoming successful Mm. and some underlying rage? Because actually it's the quiet ones like you. You're typically quiet, even though you talk a lot. Right. That's Um, an interesting. I mean, yeah, Um, I don't think so. That I honestly I don't think that there's any fear of success. Mixed of feelings. Bros mixed feelings. B- related to that. There might be mixed feelings. You do have mixed feelings, Chico. But but I don't know that it's related to that. I mean, I'm comfortable talking about that as to whether that... I mean, if you guys think that it's something that's manifested... I'm saying it is. No, I know. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could it could be. Um, I, I don't think so. Uh, would, would be. I mean, because I don't see... That would be like a very self-sabotaging... Yes, and the mind works in very uncanny ways. Right. Um, and you remind me of, what is his name? The one with all the dirty jokes on that show. Dallas? Yes. Yeah. Right. We've well, always said he's our Dallas Right. Friend. I mean, yeah. that there is a certain, and I, I, I would say that in a very minor way, 
with the Combat Jack show having been the mother show that we sort of spun out of, there has been, yes, a sense of like, yeah, like I'm, I'm the Dallas of, of this show. Yeah. How did Although your mom not... feel about the show? So that's the thing. She didn't, I mean, it happened like th- three or four episodes in that she had the stroke and then there was two awful months in the hospital. I mean, like, you know, it took her off life support. I thought that was going to take like a week. That took like three or four weeks. And I was coming, the only thing that I was doing that I wasn't in the hospital was um, was coming in and doing the show. Like, I didn't leave the neighborhood of the hospital. So you took that stuff, you brought it with you. Oh, yeah. But, you know, everyone else was like, yeah, you should do that. Like, Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with them. Did you share with your mother your interest in the show and your participation in the show? Yeah, before, I mean, yes. Yes. What did she say? I think she thought that anything that I was doing that was sort of creative and that I was interested in that what did wasn't related to work, she encouraged and was, you know, positive about. You know, like I think she liked the fact that I was going out and doing stuff. She was always encouraging me to write more. I had been freelance and then I took a day job and once I took the day job, like pretty much hadn't been doing much creative stuff. So I think she recognized that this was at least some outlet, something that wasn't just, you know, me watching TV or going out to a bar or going to work, which was most of the, you know. Okay, so if that's the case, then you can honor your mother's memory by really committing to this show. This show and the people here were there for you. They were your life support. Yeah. um, Can I, can I pause? Right. It's the first time that you actually paused and that I'm asking you to really sit in that silence. As difficult as that might be. Is that bad for no air? I'm... Does that Yeah, I mean I'm, you know, I I tend to be a, car- a compartmentalizer, which is another issue related to like my quote-unquote lack of preparation because for me, I'm totally here when I'm here. But if I'm at work and I get an email or I get a text, like I tend to not want it, not want it, <laughs> you know, deal. I can't deal with it, basically. <laughs> it no. And, and, and this is I'm much better at that. But I mean, do you both deal when you get day. the emails? Yes, yeah. they do. They're, they're, they're very <laughs> we leave comfortable him out with of that. most emails. We get right. We get dozens more. Right. And I, and I believe <laughs> that. I mean, I do remember there was one time where Ben emailed me at three in the morning, not expecting this was this was like in the months after That's my mom had died. But not, not, no, no, or texted or something, and he wasn't expecting a response. He had just thought of something. But I, I it, you know, I was up or something like that. I had a lot of trouble sleeping after my mom died. Like, that was a major thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, and I couldn't, I got the email, and it was something totally innocuous. But my mind started racing, and I, I remember I was unable to fall back asleep. So I ended up going to work the next day on, like, two hours sleep. That's totally not... That's not anybody's fault. That was just what, you know, what was going on. So then I associated getting emails in the middle of the night, which, you know, but this is why I was saying I was obviously a lot more difficult to deal with. Now I can get an email in the middle of the night and, well, the thing is I won't be awake. Right. I mean, don't. I'll be asleep. I mean, so but, it's but, not a, but I think, I'll see it at eight in the morning. No, but Chico, you need to honor and respect the show as well. So when you receive an email, Carve out a, 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 a part of the day where you respond to it. Because quite frankly, if you're not going to be here and give 110%, the show won't be as successful as it has the potential to be. 
So wait, I just well, two things. One, are, are we going to question Ben as much as we're as we're questioning <laughs> me and, and Tatiana? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. But uh, okay, no, no, yeah. Uh, well, I, don't my, divert. Yeah, okay. My, my response yes. to that also deflecting. There, there is yeah, okay. But th- there also is a whole. Um, no, can you just answer the question? Can you just wait? Well, that wasn't it, phrased in a question. That can was you a, just respond? But this, but this is what. This is what Ben I mean is talking about because this happens during a show where we're either asking a person a specific question or maybe he's asking a specific question and it goes around and around and around in a million circles before getting to the point. And on on most levels, that's okay because sometimes it's, it's great for spontaneity reasons or it's great for you say something crazy that's funny, great. But when it's like time to get to the point, that's when it's like, we're, that's why he starts doing that wrap it up stuff. Right. And I know it may... F- look disrespectful or whatever but i I get what he's saying we got to get to the right but i can't so this is the whole thing in all those instances i'm responding to something that the 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 interviewee has said so there's no way that i could have written that down no but if you have uh at least a cursory knowledge oh no see that's where i will be be defend i i like i feel like i i you're the jack of all trades no 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 it's coming off like for example you guys were like well, we did a lot of research, and I was like, well, but I've been reading his blog for like eight years or nine years since he first had a blog. So I felt like I could because I know okay. in that instance. And so, yeah, there's interviews where I don't chime in because I don't really don't know, know as much. Which is and true. so I, you know, yeah, but I, that, that uh, detracts from the show. You yes. have to be, sh- you have to be sharp. You have to be tight. And that's what I mean about giving 110%. And I think it's a personality style. And it's definitely something that you enacted in your family, your primary family, and you're reenacting it here. Like you want them to save you when it's when you need to be saved. And I'm not, uh, please don't take it as an attack. This is no, me not, trying yeah. to give you feedback as a listener, a fellow geek. Right. Um, you have to commit to it. They're not going to let you slide. You can't, you know, uh, the Comeback Jack show, I'm sorry to make the comparison. It's like they have a lot of people in the room. So if Dallas doesn't show up fully, there's that person, there's this person, there's, I don't even know all their names. Um, but there are only two others here, and it's not fair. Right, and and that okay. Just, just sit with it. Are you an only child? Oh yeah. I'm an only. Ask me how I know that. <laughs> because of my personality, and because you're an only child, right? I am not. You're not an only child. Oh, no, I thought you were. Really? Yeah. I didn't. No, yeah. I have two younger brothers. One with whom I grew up with, and he uh, with whom I grew up. And he's two years younger, and he swears he's so fresh. Right. But he, th- he thinks he's older than I am. It's not just that I'm an only child. Like, as an only child whose parents got divorced very early, it's always just me and one other person, like, growing up. Yeah. So it's, like, the opposite of a whole, you know, like, family thing. Yeah. It's literally been me and one other person. Like, when I played board games growing up as a little kid, it was just me and my mom or me and my dad, you know? So I'm like, sorry. It wasn't. Well, no. I mean, then I made friends, and I played board games with them but yeah it was not even like if i played like most times that i played the game life the board game it was just me and my dad or me and my you know i guess i didn't have life at my mom's house but right well the reason why i just intuited that you're an only child is only children tend to be indulged in some ways depending on the culture class and so 
you're saying you're a child of divorce. Your parents feel very guilty. They kind of, not that you're, you're super, I, I know you, you're bright. You're cr crazy smart. Um, but there's kind of like a, let's not push him too much. Right. And that, I mean, now you're going, now that, and that gets into all like stuff at school. Yeah, you're right. Like I didn't do homework at school. I just went to class and listened to the teacher. And okay, then I, but, but, and it, no, it's the same thing. I'm just right. saying like, I never, right. you know. And so, right. Wait, why is that funny? <laughs> I mean, because I don't do homework either. <laughs> well, I know. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, right. Well, that's, but that's the point. That's what we're getting. That's the point that we're trying to get to is that you've been coasting. But this is not an arena or a sphere where you can coast. You cannot do that here. Right. All right. So wait. But you want to be mediocre. No. It's all good. No, I'm not trying if to. No, I'm not trying do to do this and be. But okay. But all right. So. So. Uh, well, but I also feel like so the way this conversation has been going, like that all the problems of that Fambros would be the biggest success in the no. world if no. I prepared no. more. No, no, no. no. Okay. It was just in the context of her asking, "What is your issue with you?" Right. That's where this started. Right. Yeah. Fambros is going to be successful because right. of you. Right. Well. Because of uh, right, uh, Ben. Because of me. Right. Because right. Of right. The entire Fambros family. So and then, and then the other thing is like, I mean, no, I don't want to. Then don't, I don't be thoughtful. Uh, well, no, no, I was gonna say uh, no because I was gonna say. I mean, it's like Dallas just didn't show up sometimes. Like I'm and not like that. Sometimes you like, show up, but you're not fully present. It's the same fucking thing. Right. Well, is it? But isn't that true of everyone? Are you gonna say that you, no, well, no, you've been 100 percent every time? Uh, yeah, no, no. But you're deflecting. Okay. But each of them is gonna have their chance in the hot seat. Okay. Just know that all this feedback is said honestly. With the utmost of concern, love, and support, for real. Okay. Uh, no, I, I I didn't mean to, to to make that sound flippant. Dent. Um. All right, we got much more right. on this episode, <laughs> but we're gonna take a quick break right here. We'll be right back with Dr. Maya Pettyford right after this break. This is DJ Maceo, a.k.a. Dr. Spock. You know what it is. It's your boy, Young Guru, a.k.a. The Beast, a.k.a. Hank McCoy, a.k.a. Not a Brahma. Hey, yo, 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 this is Val Munch. Oh, hey, this is your friendly neighborhood superhero, Gene Gray. What's up? This is Spike Lee from the Republic of Brooklyn, New York. This is Axel Alonso, editor-in-chief of Marvel Comics. When I'm not sitting at my desk ruling the comic book universe, I'm listening to Fan Bros. <laughs> And welcome back, Fan Bros, to this very, very special episode of Fan Bros Show, featuring Dr. P in the building tonight. We're dwe delving, dwelling. I never knew how to say that one. Delving, 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 delving. Delving. Butcher of names, of words, of them all. We're delving into the minds of the Fan okay. Bros Show on this episode. Just had Chigo Leo make a breakthrough of sorts. Right, of sorts. You know, we're going to continue on this path, you know, get some the, positivity the, in your life. Yeah, the bona fide slacker. <laughs> right. But he's going to change that. You're going to change that. And you're going to sit with everything that we've discussed, and you're really going to take in the feedback that you've been given because it's priceless. Right. I, and I'm, I'm still, Do you believe I'm still that? Do you believe that? Or are you just saying, yeah? I, I think I just said, yeah, like See? flippantly. 
Well, no, but <laughs> well, see, that's upsetting. That no, you, no, 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 no. That we no, spent no, no. that much time discussing. I'm taking. I'm still taking it in. Um, okay. And then there's a certain level of you guys just said, well, you've got to do this, this, and well, I think you said you've got to do this, this, and this. And, and then you automatically want to reject everything because you are somewhat stuck in adolescence and want to push away authority. We're not going to go there, right? So I would, I would but, agree but, with that. But let me I mean, tell you, I would agree with but, that. But these are not. Authority, authority figures. figures. That's so, right. So you need to reframe it and look at it differently. That's it. So, Ben, I'm yes. very curious. I know you and I have a history. Yes, we do. You were on the Combat Jet show and you kicked me out of the room. <laughs> <laughs> but can you tell people why I kicked you out of the room? Because you felt that um, there were too many people on the show at that time. And if it wouldn't allow you to do a proper read therapy session of the room. Right, and yeah. it was those people who were not wearing headphones. For some reason that day, yep. you were not. or yes. So that's why I asked you to leave. Yep. I apologize yeah. if I upset you. I know I did. No, not, it wasn't you. It was more the fact that combat didn't um, react to that. I didn't say stay? Yeah. And so... Um, since then, I've... <laughs> <laughs> since then, you've been resenting it. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, it was one of those things where I felt like it showed that the combat show didn't perhaps need all the people in the room. Mm -hmm. And that it was easy to replace people in the room. And so how do you feel about being replaceable? Not good at all. Ever. No? Yeah, no. <laughs> you have a very sweet smile. But there is something a little sad about your eyes. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> so you're laughing out of discomfort. I'm usually laughing out of, um, what's the word, rather than crying. What's, <laughs> what's, what makes you reticent to cry? Life is tough. And uh, um, I don't feel, I, I think a lot. I think too much usually. And I don't, I... I feel like it's a, I don't know, I feel like I pay too much attention to things that are going on in the world sometimes, and I've just been through a lot in my own personal life where it becomes hard to always have faith. And how does that impact your work here? Uh, it impacts it because I, I lose faith in uh, the Fambro's ideal plan, mission, mm -hmm. work, everything we're doing, pretty much anytime when I'm not doing the show. It's okay. a cycle. It's yeah. a cycle. And honestly, it happens once every other week. Yeah. Where Ben I mean would be really hype about like this brand and this movement in general. And then someone says something or something happens and he's just like, I don't know. I'll this be ready to quit. Like he, and, and like he'll say that, but he'll never do it. But it's just like the fact that you even think in that. But it impacts his mood. You can tell yeah. that oh, his yeah. energy level has decreased. Absolutely. And so that uh changing your mood coupled with chico's lack of commitment what seeming lack of commitment or to the show it just sort of undermines the entire efforts of the spaceship starship yeah. Spaceship? Spaceship. spaceship yeah no seriously yeah, seriously. yeah no. okay and i wouldn't say like like i don't want to put this back on chico where i would say because chico has nothing to do with the way that i view the world and what I've been through, and you know, so it, it makes yes. Yeah. However, they're all interconnected. It definitely doesn't help when I if, I if I'm having a bad day and then I come in and somebody's like, "Well, that's not going to work anyway." Then it, you know, it's like. Do you hear that? 
I, I do hear that. I, I, just say you hear it. I hear it. Okay. So. No, my, I wasn't addressing. My problem was not with what he said. I think describing a lack of commitment, I think, is a little bit of an overstatement to I, my I, relationship I with I think Fan it's Bros. a lack of consistent commitment. I said it. I'll stand by it. Right. Based upon what you've told me and what I intuit. Well, a level of commitment that's not the same as everyone else is still not a lack of okay, commitment. Okay, I apologize. A, a lack of consistent effort okay. and commitment. So, Benjamin, um, it seems that you are not um, impervious to uh, what people say. You don't have filters. You can't filter things out. No. <laughs> okay, so talk to me about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no. And that's what I sense. I sense yeah. that about you... When I met you on the Combat Jack show, you seemed truly hurt by... Because, like I said, I felt it wasn't about you. I felt it showed me that, okay, there's not... You're not necessarily needed here. Okay, but you personalize that. Yeah. Okay, but... (laughs) It was me. (laughs) No, 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 no. No, but sometimes it's not personal. Yes. No. And I think that you have difficulty discerning between the two. So let's talk about your um, your uh, comparing yourself to others, which speaks to your insecurity about your talents and your gifts. Yes. Talk about it. Um, that's it right there. Like I, I think I compare myself as far as career-wise as being a DJ, as far as being fan bros. Who are you comparing yourself to as a DJ? Everyone. Every other six, who I would consider successful DJs. My uh, idols and peers, I guess. So do you compare yourself in a way in which you're like, yo, I'm going to step my game up. I'm going to try and cut and scratch and practice a lot. Or are you like, fuck, I'm not like them? Um, more like I'm going to cut and scratch and practice a lot, but I'm also like, fuck, I'm not at their level. Not that I'm not like them because I know that I'm like them, but that I'm not where I want to be personally. So the more you say to yourself, I am not at that level, the more likely it is that you will not, not be reach at that, that level. level. Yeah. Word creates power in life. Without question. Yes. Language is so important and what you put out into the universe will become manifest. Fast. But let's talk about your sadness, which you will not allow yourself to appreciate. I don't know if I don't allow myself to appreciate it. You don't, because you don't let yourself cry. I cry a lot. Where? <laughs> At home. Do you? Yeah. <laughs> so she doesn't believe you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, said almost earlier today. Really? What were you crying about? Um, I, I was reading an article, this foundation about, um, I want to remember the name because I wanted to speak about them on the show. Not Impossible, I think. It's a guy who once saw a thing and he bought a 3D printer and started making arms for bomb victims. Mm-hmm. And then he founded this foundation from it. And one of the technologies they made is a thing that allows patients of ALS Mm-hmm. to read and to speak mm-hmm. and my father suffers from ALS so it was like I immediately called the foundation I want to get them on the show and you know I wanted to do some more with them but just while even speaking to the woman I was about to cry what are you what's making you cry I mean my dad suffers from ALS and it's like it's he's had it for um eight nine years and I've seen it turn him from a walking strong man to bedridden 
and unable to s- barely even speak now. Where is he? In yeah. Houston. How often do you see him? Probably about three or four times a year. Okay. So you're grieving over the, f- the f- man that you knew? No, because he's still the man that I knew. S- he is? Yeah. So what makes you cry then? Because <laughs> it's... I... um. I've been through, I've also been in jail in my life. And being in a place where you can't, I I feel for him because I know he can't walk and do what he wants to do every day. Mm -hmm. And that bothers me. And so you were saying you were in jail. Yeah. What's that related to? I just can't, I, the same thing, like that was, uh, um, it was one day when I was in jail when I finally realized how it must feel for him, you know? Because to have restrictions, yeah, to be to not be able to walk, you know, and to have gone because in jail I dream of being free, and so I and then you would wake up and you're like, still in jail, you know, and so I know I'm like, damn, my dad must dream of being able to walk and then wake up and his body doesn't, you know, obey him. Mm-hmm. So you're still mourning what happened to you when you were in prison. That's had has a huge impact on you. Yeah, yeah, without without a yeah, without a doubt. Ben, I mean, rarely or or, or will uh, like if we ask him about jail, like he won't talk about it, or he'd be like, or if if it's like something like a book or a show or something about jail, we're like, oh, you should check this out, or you need to pay attention to this. He's like, no, like he'll always block out anything dealing with jail. Okay, well, it's not gonna go away. No. Nah. So my suggestion to you is to find a way in which you work through it because the trauma impacts you on a daily basis. And that's part of your having spurts of energy and then becoming totally deflated, dejected, and negative. Yeah, without a doubt. And I got to tell you something. Oftentimes, and I remember this from uh, the show with Reggie, he talked about his father and we didn't really hash it out, but he's talking about not knowing his father and wanting his father to provide a model of manhood to him. Mm-hmm. And rather than lo- looking at what he has, meaning he's a father of three lovely kids, he's looking at what's absent. And same for you. Yes, your father's life, the quality of his life is not what it was, but your father still alive. Mm-hmm. He can still, his cognitively, his cognitions are still... Fantastic then that in itself is a blessing. Appreciate that. And if it, you know, has that much of an impact on you, of course it does, make efforts to see him more frequently. I I do. And that, but, I mean, like you say, a lot of things go back to jail and stuff. Like, before, like, before um, that happened to me, my life was, like, on a, path you know I w- it was like i was djing i was su- what i consider successful or at least moving towards it and then everything stopped and i pretty much lost everything when i uh, when you talk about material mm-hmm, um mm-hmm, everything mm-hmm. i started over at ground zero from djing and my whole career was you know derailed i moved to new york shortly after that um i joined the combat jet show mm-hmm. which was like the first thing that really made me like oh okay here's something to do you mm-hmm. know and keep my mind off what had just happened to me and, and then I came in and I said, oh, get out. Get out. <laughs> You're not needed. You're not needed. And then it just sort of undermined your efforts or what you believe to believe to be your uh, p- 
path forward or and upward. Not even that so much. It was, but then a- after that, the Combat Jet show is also, um, it's grown and it's changed. And, you know, Dallas is no longer a regular member. It's more just Combat and Premium. Mm-hmm. And oh. there is, I'm not on there, you know, regularly. And that does play a part into some of the things, like even with Ambrose show, because we all have the same issue. We we feel that we're part of this bigger network of shows. Mm-hmm. And there's no real support. And there's no... And Combat once made a promise to me, like, do this show and I'll make... He's, his words were, I'll make your dreams come true. Really? You know? Yeah. Did wow. he throw pixie fairy dust on you too? I, like, I didn't know he said that. Wow. Yeah. I mean, not really, you know, but no. Yeah, it's not one of those things where you, you know, like, oh yeah, he's gonna make my dreams come true. But you would also be like, well, he's gonna give you a helping hand when you need it. And that doesn't always happen. Okay, so now that you know you won't always get that helping hand, yeah. you do you. Yeah. Part of what's happening with you is that you become terrified that the rug is going to be pulled from underneath you, so you pull it from underneath yourself. I wouldn't doubt it. So that's why you're up and then you're down. You're up and then you're down, but you can never go all the way up or stay at a you know, even planar plateau because it's too terrifying. What if, and this is your unconscious mind, what if tomorrow something happens? I mean, you are a black male. This is New York in 2015. Shit happens. God forbid you have to be in the same situation. Mm-hmm. And that, I'm sure, is in the back of your mind. There is no safe place in the world. No. Yeah. There is none. Yeah. Okay. But knowing that... Always do your best because none of us are promised tomorrow ever. And that's why each and every one of you need make the best effort possible. Make those sad eyes twinkle. <laughs> I'm serious. You're going to start smiling. Leave, leave that stuff behind you. And the way in which you do that is by getting treatment. And talking about it because it's traumatic. It is traumatic to have your freedom taken away from you. It is. It it was definitely the most um up until that time. No, yeah, I mean, even now it was the most traumatic thing that it had ever happened to me. And it's still very bothersome because it made me look at the world very differently. And lack of faith. Yeah, and not even because I had the funniest thing is I had more faith when I was inside than I do now. Speak on that. I just had faith that I would get through it and that I would be freed and um that I'd see my family again and, and things of that nature. And then once I got out the year after was became like way harder. Because it was like, I like I said, I lost everything. And I didn't even know how much I lost. You know, like, I mean, it's all physical material things, but they mattered. I had my whole record collection, you know, my whole life of That's a part of your vinyl. soul. Yeah. Absolutely. Gone. You know, um, my car, you know, my house, my, all my jobs. I was living in Washington, D.C. at the time. Gone. Everything was gone. I was negative, like, $5,000 in the bank. I went in with, like, $30,000 in savings, you know. Everything was wiped everything was gone and um yeah it just and then it just became so difficult for people to understand and i looked at people differently and i felt like they were looking at me differently and 
you know, everyone in D.C. knew about it. So everywhere I went, people were like, oh, it's so good to see you. And, oh, my God, I can't believe you're home. And, you know, all this weird, you know, and it was really weird. And just it was really that's why I didn't talk about it a lot, you know, because I didn't fucking want to talk about it with most people because I'm like, yeah, it's none of your business. And, you know, and it was just so many rumors and all this craziness. And then it just got to the point where that's why, I, you know, finally just moved to New York pretty much. So you're not here because you want to be here. You're here because you're trying to escape Chocolate City. <laughs> That's upsetting. Well, no. Once I got to New York, I be you know, it's like it's Brooklyn. And in the summertime, it's the greatest place in the world. Okay. You know? yeah. So but talk about uh, how you have less faith now. Yes, your life has changed. All the material stuff, you had to start from scratch. What else has been instrumental in your lack of faith in the here and now? I don't know. I, I would I would probably say it's the thing that you said about the rug being pulled out from underneath me because it's there hasn't been anything since then that's made me where like, oh, my God, you know, there's been glorious, wonderful things that I've had in my life since then. So there's you know, I can't say that it's been, you know, anything since then that's shown me that the world is just this, you know, constantly, you know, and I don't believe that for a second. You know, I believe that what we say and think creates what happens, you know. So so you need to start thinking more positively and use this, meaning Fambros, Tatiana, Chico, as a source of strength and a pillar. And that means that each of you have responsibilities to one another. This is this is like such a wonderful opportunity, and it would be a shame for each of you to squander it. The only way in which you're going to get over the trauma is to seek professional help. There's no way around it. And I'll talk to you about, you know, referrals and stuff afterward. Um, I have to ask you, Tatiana, yes. if you could be any animal, what animal would you want to be? Ooh. I was going to say something that didn't exist, but probably like a lion. A lion. A lion, a male lion, or a female lion? Honestly, I was thinking a male lion because I was thinking of the hair. The mane. <laughs> what do you two make of that? <laughs> <laughs> what do you two make of? I, I, I think I was more surprised that she said the male lion than that she said lion. Because I actually, you know, I thought mm -hmm. the lioness who does, you know, she's the hunter and the everything. Like, you know, male lions just kind of sleep just lay around. around. And, I yeah. said it was the hair. It was, right. more, it was more of a, it was more of a, from a, a visual standpoint. It looks really regal. But as far as like doing stuff, no, no, no. As right. far as like maybe my own personal situation, how I feel as my personality, I would probably say lioness. But Too late. But, I, <laughs> but, but but no yeah my first my first answer really the first image that popped up in my mind was a male lion and so do either chico or ben do either of you um <laughs> have anything to say about that does she present does tatiana present as a male no a lion in no. any way? No, no i would definitely say no. lioness yeah. Yeah. Yeah, see? yeah what makes you say that because she's works she doesn't you know she's not a lazy and doesn't sit around and you wouldn't mess with her the way you don't mess with a lioness. Like, a li yeah. you know, the image that you have of, like, a lioness defending her cubs is, like, the ultimate in yeah. someone who you don't mess with. Mm. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, no, I'm not talking about you. I'm, 
I'm 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 trying to envision how it is that you are a male lion as opposed to a lioness. Um, that was just the first image. Well, when I said lion, that was the first image that popped up. Well, what do you think of a male lion? I think it's very symbolic of trying. I mean, it, it's to their point. It's in real life, and the lion doesn't do much. It kind of just laying around. But I think this the symbolism behind it, like you see male lions just everywhere on everything. Like when people talk about strength, when people talk about um, just black experience, it's like everything. Everyone tends to talk about a lion. So that was the first thing that popped up in my head. So I imagine that you do see yourself as the protector of the pride. Absolutely. That's where everybody that. I care about not not everybody, but yeah. I don't understand. How did what made you qualify? Not everybody, because I'm very cautious with people, like, and call that I don't trust people, whatever you want to call it. But I I always want to protect what's close to me, mm-hmm. fan bros, Chico, Ben, everybody in the family, if you will, and that includes all the work we do. Mm-hmm. That's why I get very like high strung when I see like nothing's happening or I see like there's work to be done and no one's moving mm-hmm. and then I get very like yo we gotta move we gotta move or if I see something that is seems like it's gonna be dangerous to the group mm-hmm. I'll do what I have to do to get rid of it what's making you tearful right now listening listening to Ben like I was like I felt like I was he doesn't want to cry but like I felt him Well, he was saying about his father. Like, that's sad. Can you tell him that? Have you talked to him about it? I'm sorry about that. Like, that's the stupid. Like, you go, I'll cry for you, dude. But. That's, okay. the, that's the thing. I mean, thank you. I want you to respond to what she said, not talk about. Respond to Tatiana, because she's really upset. Well, thank you. And that's something I learned in jail is, I, or at least I try and be, well, not try, I hate the word try. I, I do, I work at being understanding or overstanding and accepting that things in life, they happen as they are supposed to. You know, wherever you are at any given moment, whatever is happening to you is exactly what you are supposed to be experiencing in that moment. And how do you know that? Because you're experiencing it in that moment. That was like, I read that when I was locked up and it just became like a mantra for me. So it's like. I got to take you away from that. Why? Because you're not dealing with the affect. When someone who literally is like, this is her pride. She would kill for you. You're not responding to her tears. It's almost like you can't handle it. I don't know. It's. Have you ever seen Tatiana cry? She's still crying. No. I don't cry. Mm-mm. How do you feel about seeing Tatiana cry, Chico? I, I, well, I, I, as it was happening, I was sort of wondering what, obviously, what what Ben had said had affected her, and it is very moving. Um, 
we Ben and I talked. I mean, well, all right, about that right after my mom died, and that's the only time that we've ever spoken about it. I didn't know if Ta- if he had ever spoken with Tatiana about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people have commented that there's a lot of love in the room, and and I I, I would say that 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 is made apparent by that. Um, you know, I I'm I'm obviously I I tend to put things on me. I'm I'm I feel honored that she felt comfortable enough in front of me and us to cry in front of us that that's about i mean that's again putting it on me a little bit but um it's you know uh, the whole the whole thing is very powerful ben's story tatiana's reaction and Ta- there is a weird tatiana's role is is there there is a weird nobody's ever mad at tatiana you know no. what i mean <laughs> you know like, like, <laughs> she'll rip your head off no it's, and that's it's not because of that there's no, actually a very weird that that's never it's no one's not mad at tatiana because they're afraid she's gonna kick her our ass or something like that it's nobody you know because she does everything that she's you know well you have a positive transference mother transference with tatiana is that it absolutely ben let's talk about your discomfort with her tears there's something so powerful about your it's like it's like chico compartmentalizing it's so hard for you i think to go there because if you open up you may not be able to stop yeah definitely it's like like i said thank you tatiana you know and 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 I mean, it's one of those. Not things. thank you. Not hug, thank you. Hug her. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we're like recording. We're, you know, I, I don't know. Soak get it up. A- you can do an <laughs> air hug. You can do an No, a real hug, because that's love. You're not gonna find that kind of friendship often in this world. Yeah, man. Just, I don't. It's, it's just like I don't cry about anything. Like I. I I, I, I kind of think crying is for punks, but uh, wow, <laughs> yeah, it says a there's lot. a lion yeah. right there. Yeah, but um, yeah, you could go on that or not. But um, just specifically like that, like that's some powerful stuff, man. Like I, because I was just imagining that was me, like, or even Chico grieving for his mother still and having to sit through that. There's been a lot of yeah. pain and loss in this room and you guys are not in touch with it. And so when you come in here and you do your show, but you are not allowing yourself to feel that stuff, you're not going to be as sharp as authentic and on point. That's part of you, who you are. So how, how does the not comp- uncompartmentalizing the hurt, ha- you know, have to do with doing the show because you bring it in with you or you don't it affects your commitment to the show it affects whether or not you are a negativizer whether or not you feel comfortable with success want to make a commitment to a successful show, whether or not you pull the rug from underneath yourself for fear that you won't be successful, whether or not you have survivor guilt because others have been more less blessed than yourself, even though you're on the same plane. I mean, it's just I can go on. You're not buying. No, I'm. I'm not. No. I, why, why do you say that? No, um, I'm because I always say that. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm absorbing uh-huh. all of this. 
Yeah. I mean, I think, honestly, that's to be self-referential. That's part of, I think, what makes me a good therapist is I don't leave that stuff. It's a part of who I am, and I'm not afraid to share it with people. Mm-hmm. I think because I have worked through it, I'm understanding and intuitive with others on that level. Imagine, like, the conversations you all could have with other people, with guests, with yourselves, if you were to be fully present, all parts of you. You buy it? I definitely am. <laughs> I, 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 I do say, like... I, I also... Are you buying? <laughs> I, I'm buying I, I feel you. I feel you on on an intellectual level, mm-hmm. um, on, like, a personal and practice level. Mm-hmm. That scares me a little bit because... I don't know if I want myself to be that open to somebody that I don't know. Okay, and that makes sense. Baby steps, always. But you know that you can be that open with each other. So if anyone were to uh, be inappropriate or hurtful, they have your back. They will not let anybody fuck with you. And that's why it's important that you are cohesive as a group so that you can shine together and that you can also protect each other. That's real. Can we say something more light now? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm like, <laughs> oh, yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna lighten this show up. We're gonna take a quick break right here, and we'll be right back to wrap up this episode of Fan Bros. This is Joey Garfield. It's the big wide world out there, so make sure you. What do I? All right. But that was good. That was good. This is Joey Garfield, a.k.a. filet Old fresh It's a big, wide world out there. So watch Fan Bros. Have some chips, some dip. Hang out. Welcome back, Fan Bros, to this powerful episode of Fan Bros Show. Had me over here crying, acting like a little baby. And I mean over there, looking all serious. Chico blaming everybody. <laughs> I, know, I think he's actually beaming right now. No, he is. No, he is. He is. He is. no, no. This, this is um. No, this, this is has actually been very cathartic. This has been um, very needed too. I think it was right on time. So I want to thank you, Doctor P. Thank you for making us be more honest and more open with each other. And um, got anything to say, Ben? On you? I mean, I just want, you know, thank you from everyone here. Thank mm-hmm. you for making sure that we spoke and, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and, yeah. and for being so open. You funny. <laughs> no, no, thank you very much. Because like like Tatiana said, I feel like this was very needed. And I feel like, you know, even the listeners of the show get to hear something about us that they probably usually don't get to hear. So yes. thank you. I, I echo that, and I will say that I I, I look at, at some of the quote-unquote criticism differently in the sense that you were able to put it in, uh, Dr. P, you were able to put it in a slightly different perspective than the way I was taking it um, in the sense of, you know, I felt like, well, I'm committed, I come, I show up, I participate, you know. <laughs> And so I'm like, what are they talking about? But, you know, (laughs) no, sometimes it takes another, you know, looking at it from another or hearing the same words from another source or person or someone who has a certain distance, you know, an objective, a more objective person. So, yeah, thank you. 
I mean, I, I have no idea what people who are listening to this are going to think, but yeah. We'll find out soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's been good for us. I hope it's good for, 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 for you out there. Yeah, definitely. Is there anything you want to let our listeners know? We know that you like to remain mysterious and, <laughs> yeah. and not found. So, well, what uh, if people want to talk to you or are they, you know, they like your style? Like, how can they reach you? Um, you can contact me at dr.pettyford at iCloud.com. P-E-T-T-I-F-O-R-D. Okay. Yes. And um, if I can't assist you, I will definitely help you with a referral source. And you should never be fearful of taking a leap of faith. And like each of these guys did tonight. And and the ladies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a great pleasure. And I really, really um, commend you on your ability to be open and vulnerable and to take my feedback. I appreciate it. And it's nice to know you. And you are the first podcast I've ever listened to. Oh, really? Yay. <laughs> really? Hey. I, did, I did research. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you once again for joining us, Dr. P. Fan bros, I hope you enjoyed this episode with Dr. P, a.k.a. Psylocke of the Spaceship in the building tonight. I feel like I feel great, but also like emotional. Yeah. Super emotionally drained, man. But in a in, in a good way. Definitely. You know, I, I hope everyone really enjoyed this episode. Please let us know in the comments. Hit us on Twitter at Fanbro Show, at DJ Ben I mean, at Tatiana King, at the Chico Leo. Let us know what you think. Send us some love. Send us some support. We're gonna need it after this <laughs> one. <laughs> But once again, thank you, Dr. P, for coming through. This has been amazing. We hope everyone enjoyed it. We'll be right back here next week, as always. Do remember, check fanbros.com for more articles, podcasts. You know how it goes. Subscribe to us on iTunes. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All that good stuff. Chico, Tatiana, anything before we get out of here? My life. <laughs> what are you, Mary J. Blige over here? Fan Bros! Fan Bros!